ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 110, which that, that is a crazy number, by the way, 110. I, I, I see Mitch nodding down there, but he's, he's way, way ahead of that, I think. But uh, <laughs> but 100, episode 110 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. Uh, and I know it's been a couple weeks, but this is my first episode since the, the uh, FF, FF Expo. Got got my Expo Hall of Fame shirt that I bought on, Brian Dawkins Hall of Fame uh, jersey here. Uh, potting with two guys I got to meet at the FF Expo, which was very cool. Uh, so I just wanted to give a shout out to the Expo. I, I highly recommend everybody, you know, everyone's talked about it the last two weeks already, but I had to get my little uh, shout out in because it, it was such a good time. Like, I, I, I'm kind of an introvert. And it, it didn't matter. You just see so many people. You're talking to everybody. It's so much fun. But let me introduce those two guys. It's uh, first with me, my co-host, uh, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Andrew, how's it going tonight? Oh, it's going well. My shoulder is finally healed from uh, shagging all those balls at the Expo, doing all the football play. That, that, yes. was, a, that was a great time. <laughs> that was a great fun time. time. And our buddy Drew from Timeline was kicking field goals. Uh, <laughs> and awesome. uh, our guest tonight from Dynasty Theory, Mitch Sorensen at Dino MC. I got to, like I said, I got to meet Mitch there. That was very cool. Uh, I know he had some of his uh, patrons were there that he got to hang out with. But uh, Mitch, how's it going? Good, good. It was so much fun. Like <laughs> the, the problem, like I was going. I'm like, I don't know. I really don't go out of my way to talk to people. That's the way I am. Just <laughs> like you were saying, you go there and like everybody just like ends up kind of just walking around. You just mingle, and it was really cool. We're definitely going back next year. Yeah, me too. That was my first yeah. one. And yeah, even if you're not a person to talk, people will come up and talk to you if, yes. they, if they recognize you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely had a few people that, you know, I've potted with and things, especially if you do this. But even if you don't, I met some people. I met a guy, uh, uh, I think he's at Mad Jester on Twitter. He, I think I feel yes. like he, he talked to everybody there. And he's, uh, as far as I know, he's not a contact creator, but he was just mingling with everybody. So yeah, cool. if, if you are that kind of person, you can, you can just get to hang out with all the, you know, the people you like to listen to, people you like to read and all that stuff like that. So, but we'll get into the show here. We're going to be talking wide receivers tonight. We're continuing our, our positional series. Uh, we're going to get into some ADP potential risers and fallers. Um, talk some wide receiver storylines. But first, uh, what we do each episode, we do have a little strategy portion at the beginning. Uh, I feel like there's not a lot, of especially compared to the other positions, there's not really as much strategy around the wide, wide receiver position, if I can get my words out here. Uh, <laughs> but I guess the main thing, that, and the one, what I, the one thing I put down on the sheet is, is some people – 
I know, like, for instance, like if you listen to Ryan McDale, he's always building his team around wide receivers, wide receivers and, and, and super flex and quarterbacks. And like I've heard him do mock drafts and his first seven picks will be wide receivers and quarterbacks. So so Mitch, is are you a build around wide receiver kind of guy or do you go with the theory that like a lot of people say, like from after the first eight to ten guys, everyone's kind of the same. So you can just wait on guys or how, how do you handle it? I, honestly, it's so tough because I think the dynasty landscape has changed a lot, even in the last three years. Before, mm-hmm. like you used to get a lot. If you had a good running back, you could get three to four first for him. I don't think it happens that much no. anymore. <laughs> but you could see that happen still for CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson. So a lot of my teams, you know, I drafted them two years ago. And so I actually went through all of my teams and updated all their trade baits. I would say. of those teams need a wide receiver because when I was building them at that time, I went pretty heavy on running backs and I did the whole, I could get Tyler Boyd in the eighth round. I'll be okay. But then the problem is two years later, Tyler Boyd's kind of, he's still in the league, but you don't really want to start him. Right. And then teams wide receiver three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And my running backs are now old and probably out of the league. And so it's like, well, I'm starting to rebuild already to where if you would have started with wide receivers, even if you miss on them, people still believe in them for so long in Dynasty that you can recoup the cost so much easier than you can with like any other position. Yeah, and a, a guy we're going to talk about a little later, I think uh, Jerry Judy is, a, is an example of that. He's done very little so far in the league, and people are still valuing fairly highly. Uh, myself, I, I, I was kind of like you. I, I think I build a, a lot more around running backs. Uh, and I have been kind of moving towards the other way, um, which I think is definitely becoming the more popular way to, to play Dynasty at this point. Uh, for instance, I'm, I'm in a startup now, and I, I did draft uh, Swift in the second, but uh, my next uh, five of my next six picks were, were wide receivers, and a, one was a quarterback. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm definitely leaning kind of that way. I kind of like the hero running back strategy uh, in Dynasty and, and redraft, uh, but that's kind of how I go. I'm probably going to try. I might try and get maybe a, a Fernando Connor in the eighth or eighth or ninth coming up here in that startup, and just kind of and then the rest of it just play that kind of backup game. The you know the Madisons and the the Herbert, the Khalil Herberts, and, and all those yeah. kind of pop, yeah, all those kind of guys. So, but Andrew, what, what's your strategy with wide receivers? Well, I mean, in a startup, I feel like it's a it's a sticky spot, right? Like, cause wide receivers tend to hold their value better. And so I tend to like them more for that and not, you know, they don't tend to crater quite as quickly or quite as uh, out of nowhere as some of the running backs and quarterbacks and even tight ends sometimes do. So it's almost like it's a good way to insulate your value. And I, I like that in a dynasty. And I think that's why Ryan McDowell and others tend to build around a receiver. It's just, it's a safer way to build your team and not have to worry about the risk. I though, personally, when I'm doing a startup, I, I want to win year one. So I tend to look for running backs a lot more in startups and kind of feel like the wide receiver pool is so deep. There's, you know, I'm, I'm not even being facetious. There are probably 50 receivers I could start in a given week and be fine. You know what I mean? Like I'd be entirely happy with, I mean, again, I'm, I'd rather start chase over Boyd, right? I'm clearly, but I mean, like I'm fine starting Boyd in a wide receiver three slide. Okay. Like, you know, why not? And in dynasty, he's like what wide receiver 68 or something crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can find those guys dirt cheap and, and get them thrown in and trade offers like Jacoby Myers. I got a, I think I traded a fourth for Jacoby Myers. He might start for me this year. Why not? You know what I mean? Like it's so deep. So it, it kind of varies depending on the team, depending on the league and how, you know, how aggressive everyone else is. I always like to take a draft and, and kind of play the value game and just see what falls to me and, you know, stay liquid, all that. Um, but again, I don't, I don't hate building around. I'm not saying you can't build around wide receiver. It's just, 
I don't find myself doing that because I kind of want to win year one. If you only get receivers, you, you tend not to get the other positions, and then you're kind of rebuilding right out of the gate. It's just not the way I do it. I will say, too, and we, I think we've talked about this before on the pod, that uh, there is some risk in in the wide receivers. I mean, the elite, elite guys, there's not. I mean, Jefferson and Chase, there's virtually no risk, that kind of thing. But, like, you're if you're drafting those young – I mean, Elijah Moore hasn't done anything yet. If you're drafting a guy like him, if you're going after, you know, these Alaves and Londons, which a lot Wilson, of people are yeah. doing in the, in the Pickens, later – Pickens, we were just yeah, talking about. Exactly, yeah. Pickens, who we were talking about before the show. There is some risk there because a lot of times we value those guys – as if they've done something before they've done something. So, uh, and the other thing I was going to say is uh, that we've talked about before is uh, that wide receivers, they definitely do have more shelf life, but they, they can, they can crater at times too. I mean, we, we've seen it. Juju was like wide receiver one a few years yeah. ago and, and then fell to nothing. Michael Thomas wasn't exactly old yet when he just kind of fell off the map. He was what, 27, 26 when he was wide receiver one he still thought he had plenty of good years ahead of him and we'll see now so there's definitely examples of it happen but it's far more common at running back obviously um Mitch, i was i was just gonna say it's it's kind of funny to where i think a lot of what happens with wide receivers whether they have good seasons or bad seasons something i talked about recently a theory was if we have michael pittman and amon ross st brown and they have the exact same season exact same they're not going to be close to the exact same ranked in Dynasty Lex Series because everybody loves Pittman and everyone is kind of okay with Amon Ross St. Brown. But it happens with Darnell Mooney can go out and have a spectacular year. He'll go up a little bit, but you have someone like Jerry Judy we'll talk about later. He goes out, out and has an awesome season. Oh, look, he's wide receiver 12 now. It's just funny how it's like our preconceived notions going into the draft, going into their first season. We care about those so much that we could have two players doing the exact same thing and one at a drastically reduced price, but that other guy's always going to be valued a little bit more. That That is so true. We, we hold on to that, to that, you know, pre-draft idea so long Dra- and draft capital too. Like just, just because they were drafted in the first or the second, that's, we, we hold on to that so long, no matter what, like, it, unless you're like Nikhil Harry, who does absolute zero, yeah. um, then as long as you give us a little bit of something for a couple of years, it's going to yeah. take like three to four years before your value goes to hell. Um, so that, that is a good advantage of, of the wide receivers, but we'll move on to the, to the ADP portion of the show. Um, and what we're doing with each position is we're looking at the top 12, uh, who, I'll, who I'll read off in a minute. And we're looking at guys who we think uh, may fall out of the top 12 a year from now and guys who may jump into the top 12 a year from now. And the idea of this is kind of, you know, sort of like a buy-sell thing, sort of like a, maybe even a pivot thing. Like maybe you, you'd sell one of these guys in the top 12 for one of these guys. We think you're going to jump into the top 12. I know, know Mitch to, knows a lot about pivot points. So. Oh, Lord. <laughs> God, I hate the pivot point. <laughs> <laughs> so let me read off the – we have the August ADP. The, the last couple episodes we had used July, but we have the August ADP now. Uh, it's Jefferson at one, and this is the Superflex ADP. We were talking before the show, too, how, how the startup ADP can differ a little bit. Well, we're using the Superflex ADP, uh, even though it's just wide receivers, but whatever. Uh, Jefferson at one, Jamar Chase at two, Cooper Cup at three, uh, CeeDee Lamb at four, Diggs five, A.J. Brown six, Debo Samuel at seven, Adams at eight, T. Higgins at nine, Tyreek and Waddle back-to-back, uh, did I say T at nine? I think that's yeah, nine to Hill and Waddle back to back at 10 and 11, and then DK Metcalf at 12. And so the first part we do is uh, who who in the current top 12 
of the ADP will not be there this time next year. Uh, Andrew, you had you had multiple names, so I'll let you start us off. I always like to, to come up with a couple of options depending on where the conversation goes and just to kind of how spicy do I want to get, right? <laughs> um, I, I'll go with my first one, which, I mean, I don't think it's a hot take, but I think it's it's definitely lukewarm. It's on the warmer side. And I think it's Devontae Adams, who I think right now is is uh, wide receiver eight, right? He, he just got this uh, new contract and a new uh, lease on life with his college quarterback and Derek Carr. And everybody's thinking he's going to be exactly the same. And I, I've said this before, and I've been wrong on this a couple of times. I'm not going to lie, but I've said this before. And changing teams is not as easy as it looks. Uh, there are definitely times where you you stumble a little bit and and the offense is different. The play calling is different. The cadence is different. The workouts are different. Like there, there could be some logic here in saying, you know, when, uh, when Adams a year from now, when Adams is is looking at this top 12, I'm not sure if Adams is in it only because he could struggle a little bit and fall to 14. There's a lot of guys that are younger than Adams that are on their, on their way up. And I think at some point you got to look at the age cliff and things like that. I mean, I just I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that Adams is locked and loaded to go up from eight. I feel like he's trending down already. And at some point, I mean, again, we're talking 12 months from now. Right. That's a long time in Dynasty, even though we'd like to think it's a short time. It's only one year. A whole year is is a whole ton of new hype. And if you don't 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 forget this, we've got the 2023 class that's coming in next year. We're going to have a ton of guys that are going to be flooding this market. We don't even know who they are yet, right? You're going to have Jackson Smith and Jigba and all these other, all these other players are going to get tons of hype with the way the class is going. And guys like, and I'm just saying guys like, you know, Hill Adams and, and even DK are just going to be on the outside looking in and it's whether we like it or not, you can only have 12 top 12 receivers. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, there's 20 wide receiver ones. Well, true. But if you're talking to top 12, someone's got to be 13. You know, and I just and there's about I'm 50 wide receiver too, too, Andrew. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I'm just I'm not 100 sold that Adams is going to be able to to do enough to be that dominant force with a new team. I'm not saying it can happen. I'm just saying it's a risky play, and that's kind of where I'm playing with it. Yeah, and, and age is always a kind of good way to go in this exercise. If someone's as old as Devontae Adams, uh, I believe 29 going into the season. Yeah, 29.6. Uh, so he'll be 30 next year. Yeah, it's it, like Mitch. Come like yeah. if he has. 80% of even a Devonte Adams season. Do you think he goes up or, or do you even no. think he stays at eight? Yeah, no, I don't, he can't, I don't think he could stay where he is and I don't think he could go up. I don't care if he has a Cooper cup type season. I just don't see him going up that much. So I completely agree. And that's why I end up going with Tyree kill and it pretty much for the same thing, but something that I, you know, have been trying to look into recently is with the dolphins Waddles there. And even let's mm-hmm. say you think Tua is a great quarterback. You think he's going to do very well. They have Gesicki. My problem is Mike McDaniel wasn't, isn't like a passing guy. He was the run game coordinator, became the offensive coordinator in San Francisco, then goes to the Dolphins, right? And then in my mind, I don't see him wanting to be a pass first kind of guy. So I could see them wanting to run the ball or even I could see them trying to pass it first. And if they have two bad games, I could see him wanting to go back to what he knows best running the ball. And if that happens, I don't see how Tyreek and Waddle both keep their ADP where it is. And then for me, I'm going with the older guy. I think Tyreek Hill is top three talented wide receiver in the league. I just think that offense could have some issues and then he's just older. So everyone's going to be willing, just like Andrew brought up, those 23 wide receivers are going to come in. We're going to see other 
guys we're going to bring up later that we have faith in that are a lot younger. So I think Tyreek and I definitely think Adams is going to be one of them too. I, I well, totally, I, uh, you can go Andrew. I just wanted to jump in with this. I don't know if you guys noticed this. I looked this up cause I was curious. Um, you know who the wide receiver one was last year in August ADP Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah yeah that, saying, like the, how it goes. Sense, and he even right? had a pretty good season but going but he to went Miami, down from yeah. but he went down from one to ten right in a year and again a lot of that is a question mark like you said with waddle and all this waddle i think is trending up tyreek is trending down i mean i'm not saying sell tyreek but sell tyreek you know like, it's, like i'm with and you i don't think it's going back up i was gonna say i totally agree because I, I don't even know that i'd have tyreek in my top 12 if i were to make my own personal ranks i don't have Same. him written down anywhere but i think i'd have him out of my top 12. And well, all that argument i just made for adams really applies to to hill to a tua like right. they're not college teammates i mean like there, there's a whole bunch more competition for targets there and a probably worse offense there's no running game really that we can think of. i mean chase edmonds aside don't get me wrong but i'm saying it's not the same thing and josh jacobs isn't great either but i'm just saying like there's there's really it's a similar argument for those two players and, and regarding Hill, I wanted to ask you two. Uh, I, I do think like like uh, Adams, he could almost have like uh, an almost normal Tyreek season and still go down. But do you? What do you think production wise in terms of Hill versus Waddle? Because I I think I still lean mm -hmm. Waddle. Like like I just think Tua has the familiarity with Waddle. Uh, Tua, you know, if you look at the the next gen stats or whatever, had good deep ball numbers, but he doesn't throw it a lot. And Waddle, I mean, Tyreek can play that underneath game too, but I, I just think we're going to see him peppering, peppering Waddle with a lot of passes. And in PPR, I, I think I still like Waddle more because I don't see Hill getting, you know, the 75 yard touchdowns like he does from Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how occasionally they would use him in the running game in, in, in Kansas City too. I don't know. That could be something they incorporate there, like a Debo type thing. But, but Mitch, what do you think in terms of production? I think points per game wise by the end of the season, I think they're gonna be super close. I think the one thing that will always be in Hill's favor is he's one of the few wide receivers in the league who can put up 40 points any week. Yeah. I mean, they could just scheme something up, get him three passes. Somehow he ends up with three touchdowns. And you're like, yeah, that's why that dude is that dude. And it's to not like Waddle, Tua can I don't never hit that deep happen. pass. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. Well, I'll put it, I'll put it in similar but different way. Hill is the guy that'll win you a week, but Waddle's the guy that'll win you a title right waddle's the guy that has the higher floor in my opinion he doesn't have the highest ceiling i think i'm with you i think hill could get four passes for 117 yards and three touchdowns right like we, we honestly we've seen it in that sort of vein before and i think waddle's more the guy that's probably going to be like eight catches for 79 yards and no touchdown and you're like oh he didn't get a touchdown i got 79 yards eight catches in ppr is still 15 points what the heck like he's still going to be putting up numbers so i think it's i think uh, rocky you and i've talked about this before and i think you even put it out on twitter a little while ago where it's like Who's going to get more points per game? Who's going to get more overall points? Like, is it going to be Waddle, the wide receiver one? And I think they both kind of feast into each other's, uh, you know, stuff. And they kind of take away from each other's upside a little bit, which is why I like them actually being back-to-back -back in ADP. It kind of makes sense. Um, but I think in a year, I think we're going to be looking back and going, yeah, how did we not see Waddle as the wide receiver one on that team? Like, Hill is still explosive and he's going to get a lot of attention, but you could write the narrative that he's going to get the, the top coverage and two is just not going to try it because two is not as risky as Mahomes. And he's just going to, you know, check down to Waddle. And like I said, Waddle, eight catches, 79 yards. I'd be happy as hell with that. You know, like yeah, he's not going to get you blow up weeks. Or at least well, he might. He might. We don't know. But I'm, I'm not expecting that, as I am with Hill. 
Yeah, and I think both of them can have an occasional blow up week, and yeah. it's going to be interesting too because they like, we still and I don't know that we're going to see it this year now that Tyreek Hill's on the team, but we haven't really seen Waddle used the way he was in college. He he was a deep threat in college, and he didn't get to use that part of his game that much. But I also found it kind of interesting too, like the, when we do this exercise for each position, the two low hanging fruits are the old guys and the guys at 11 and 12. And we actually did not right. go with the guys at 11 and 12 because Waddle is 11. He's kind of rising to 11. And then DK is at 12. And neither, none of us picked him, but it's very possible. He had, I know I do too. That's why I brought him up. I'm not even yeah, going to mine good. yet. Um, it, it's very possible. He does not have a good statistical season. And I, do we think he still hangs around this 10 to 12 area? If he, if he has, let's say his worst, let, let, like, I think he's been like top, 16 17 18 even maybe even as a rookie if he's like wide receiver 20 this year does he still hang around this 12 area well i'll jump in here and just say i think dk metcalf is going to have a really rocky 12 months pardon the pun rock but i mean (laughs) he he is going to go down during the season his value is going to go down but then the seahawks are going to draft a quarterback and his value will go right back up when that 2023 draft class comes in in april and i am not shocked if by august he's wide receiver eight, wide receiver six, because I think he's still talented as all hell. He's still got a ton of uh, gas left in the tank and all that. Like he's still, you know, he's got a lot of energy left on this team. I just think his 2022 season is going to be bleak. So I think if you're looking at it specifically from now to next August, I could see it going up. I could see it going down. There's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks with DK, but honestly, like it's going to go down and then it's going to go up. That's what I think. But before you chime in, Mitch, I just I do want to say too that'll be interesting to see if that does happen though. Because uh, uh, shout out to JJ Zacharyson. Historically, teams with rookie QBs, their wide receivers do not perform well. So Correct. He could be in for two iffy seasons. I don't know if you've heard though, but twenty twenty three class is God and can do no wrong. I mean, <laughs> exactly. they're, they're, those picks are gold. So we're, we're all the quarterbacks are going to hit. All the receivers are going to hit. There's going to be seventeen first round picks. It's going to be amazing. Like. So again, I don't. It, it, this is a twist too. We're talking about before the season. We're talking about before any games are played. I could totally see the hype train taking over and DK being way up there. Totally, but Mitch. That's what do you such think a good this? point. I mean, it really is because, like, we have projections that we've done, and I feel a little confident in them. And we don't have Metcalf as like as a wide receiver two this year, and I'm mm. completely okay saying that. But yeah, I could definitely see him because they're. Isn't anyone even coming out in the 23 draft that is built like DK? DK yep. is DK because that's who he is, and there's no one else on the planet like him. So I could definitely see if they pick up one of those quarterbacks or even trade for one with how the NFL is now. Maybe they trade yeah. for one, and he just has to be okay. He just has to have like some glimmer of hope. Then I would be taking him over a lot of other guys that are like right underneath them still like a hundred catches, you know, 800 yards, seven touchdowns, you know, kind of mediocre finishing his wide receiver 26 this year in redraft, you know, and everybody kind of forgets about him. DK is a buy for me in every format this whole year. Again, and the longer you wait, the cheaper the price is going to get, I believe. So I'm not really buying him now. I'm trying to get like line up and see where I can start talking about people, but I've been buying DK all off season. Cause I'm like, this is the dip. This is what I like on this. Cause his talent yeah. is undeniable. That, that, that's a good point about the rookies, too. I mean, the guys like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Jordan Addison, I believe, are more small, smaller, speedier type guys, not right. not the X guys that we really, really love, um, like like DK, that, that are built just like alpha wide receivers. Um, so I'll, I'll just give mine uh, real quick here. And I, I, I put I on the sheet. I, I did not want to take the low-hanging <laughs> fruit. 
So I, I took uh, A.J. Brown. He's at, at six <laughs> overall. Part of this, I'm not sure he definitely falls out of the top 12, but part of this was just to highlight that I think he's way too high at six. He should be more like 10 to 12, I think. Uh, I, and I love A.J. Brown. I love that my, my Eagles have A.J. Brown. Um, he's capable of tremendous boom weeks. But I, I looked it up earlier. He's never finished higher than wide receiver 12 in points per game. So he's had one wide receiver one, low-end wide receiver one season in points per game. And I could see a scenario. I do think he's going to be the highest uh, the highest target share there in, in Philly this year. But And I do think they will have increased volume. I've been saying that all offseason. Everyone thinks they're a low-volume passing offense. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. But – I do think you could see a major kind of spread around the whole offense that A.J. Brown's going to get his, Goddard's going to get his, Devontae Smith's going to get his, the running backs are going to be involved, and you always have the guys. I mean, they actually they talked up Quez Watkins in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, so they had, you know, you have these other guys that are going to get targets, and I just think it could be spread out so much that no one has a massive target share, which means A.J. Brown could have another assuming he even stays healthy, which he's had a problem doing during his career, another maybe high-end two-ish to mid-two-ish year, which probably keeps him hanging in the top 12. But maybe we start thinking, is this guy not top six kind of guy? And is he DJ Moore, who's not in this top 12? Who's a, We all love, we all think he's extremely talented. And especially if Hurst doesn't take the step I think he's going to take. He, A.J. Brown, everyone will be saying, doesn't still doesn't have a quarterback. He may be getting a rookie. I just don't know that get that gets people hyped up as much as, as Andrew thinks it does, though. But 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 Mitch, what what do you think of my hot AJ Brown take here? My problem has always been with AJ Brown. He he isn't on the field enough for me to want to pay whatever his value has been. And the one thing that I worry about with that offense is I think you're right. I when I first heard Nick Sirianni, I didn't know who he was. Right when he was mm-hmm. first hired. He had his first press conference, and I'm like, "Oh, this is great! The Eagles are going to be terrible." It was brutal. I was, I was killing them. (laughs) Yeah, like the first six weeks of the season last year, they were passing a lot. They were trying to do like the up tempo stuff, and then he was like, "No, that doesn't work." They went heavy run, and it worked out great for him. So my worry is, even if they are bringing in AJ Brown, I don't know. Like, I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, but I don't know if he is a good quarterback in a high profile, like air attack offense. Maybe he's really good at one one as a, in a rushing game, you know? So if that's the case, maybe it is. These guys are extremely good NFL offense that is probably ranked a little bit too high. All of them in dynasty. And I love Goddard. Like I love Goddard. He's probably my highest rostered tight end right now. But that could fall down on it pretty quick, too. I, I will say with the the whole, like I said, I, I've been a big uh, proponent of the volume's going to increase significantly. And I, I think what you saw at the beginning of last year is what he wants. And I, I think that's why they got A.J. Brown. Uh, I think that they've been, not that this means everything, but it, it could just be them wanting to have Jalen work on his passing or whatever, but they did come out and the one drive he played in the first preseason game, they threw like all seven times. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> all seven plays. Uh, and I just think that's the kind of offense Sirianni wants to run and that they want to see not just Sirianni, but Howie Roseman wants to see that what does Jalen have? I don't think they're going to throw like 730 times Tom Brady last year, but I think it's going to be a lot more than people think. 
Yeah, I'll jump in here. And I think it's such a Philly move to put cold water on the new guy that you just got. It's such a I love like, him. Classic, I do. <laughs> I know. That's just such a classic Philly. Like just, oh, he's going to suck. He's going to be terrible. Like just kind of lowball on yourself. I love it. Um, but I think it's interesting, too, that A.J. Brown is another one of these top receivers that changes teams. Right. And then there's this question mark, like, how are they going to land? How is that new team going to use them? And we've seen it work. Or we've seen it not work. And so it adds some question marks. So I don't hate this at all. I just think it's Again, it's I love that the, the Eagles fan is like, nah, AJ Brown. I don't know. Like just it's classic you, Rocky. But I want to say this. We're talking about Jalen Hurts in the passing game. I mean, they passed the fewest amount of times last year. That's nuts. Like 494. We're we're talking, I'm not even kidding. Like we're we're looking at like her- heroically low. Like it took effort to be that low. Like they literally had to game plan and say, What if we hear me out? Didn't throw it at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, That's odd. Nobody does that. You don't go get A.J. Brown and then try that same thing again. Yes, it worked, but I think it was kind of an accident. I don't think they meant for it to work. I think they really? meant for it to fail, and it accidentally turned out to work because Gainwell had some good games, and Sanders had a good game, and then was somehow benched, and then Boston Scott had a good running game. And they are just trying to protect Jalen Hurts because they didn't want him to get hurt. Now I feel like they're going, you know what? Screw it. We're going all in. We got A.J. Brown. We got Dallas Goddard. We got, obviously, Devonta Smith still is out, is out there and doing terrific things. And Quez Watkins, who we were just talking about. I think Jalen Hurts this year is, is a great quarterback and a top five potential quarterback in the NFL and fantasy. I mean, and I think A.J. Brown is, is probably going to be the biggest recipient of that. But you guys hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of mouths to feed there, even if you give it to run, uh, passes out of the running back position, too, right? You're going to have Gainwell and Sanders and these other guys, Boston Scott. All of those guys are known for catching the ball. So it could be the kind of thing where everybody feasts and nobody is really a top option, right? And we see that sometimes in the NFL where it's like everybody does well, but in fantasy, you don't really want any of them because there's no, it doesn't funnel to one thing, right? And we like that in fantasy. And that's what it is about the Bengals. Like the mixing catches some passes, but you really know it's going to be the three guys. It's going to be Chase. It's going to be Higgins. And it's going to be Boyd. Sometimes Hurst is maybe a deep sleeper that maybe could get some, but after that, it's like crickets. There's nobody. We like that. And I think, and, Philly, you're going to have like seven receivers that could catch the ball, which, again, isn't a problem, but it just makes it tough for fantasy. And real quick, to the point that it worked, uh, as an Eagles fan, I, I think most Eagles fans could tell you that their schedule, especially after this first six yes. games, because they played Tampa, Kansas City, they played some tough teams in those first six games. After those first six games, it was cake. Like, yep. and then well, that's it helped to be able to run year. on everybody <laughs> when you. Yeah, this, this year's schedule is piece of cake. Is also, which cake I think too. it's. it's I true. think it's going to make it more likely that they pass because they're like, well, you know, why not? Let's try to get and, up. And some I points. think that, like, even if they're winning, I agree because I think they want to know what they have in Jalen Hurts exactly. before they come up with those first, you know, those two first round picks next year. Do we want to get a quarterback? What do we want to do? Completely agree. Yep. Okay, so we'll move on to the the, the guys we think are going to jump into the top twelve, uh, and uh, I'll let I'll let Mitch start on this one. All right, all right. If I have to, <laughs> I mean, I was trying to one. go, I was trying to go a little bit lower, right? So I went with Marquise Brown. He is wider. Marquise Brown. <laughs> Marquise Brown. No, <laughs> there is a no. reason why I brought him up, right? Yeah. So um, I'm getting going with Rashad Bateman, who is wide receiver twenty three, as far as like the Superflex ADP, right? The reason why I brought up Marquise Brown mm-hmm. is I don't think Rashad Bateman is going to take that role, right? I think they're changing the offense of what it was based last year. But Hollywood Brown is a pretty good wide receiver. I don't think he's a very great wide receiver in the league. I think Bateman has a chance to be an extremely good wide receiver. And if he could just – Hollywood had like 150 targets last year. If Bateman could get 130, 
I like 130 for Bateman more than I'll ever like 150 targets for Hollywood because of what mm. Bateman can do, like even in the red zone. And the dude is built to be a good wide receiver to where Hollywood's like 5'9", 180 or something like that. So I think they're kind of showing their hand a little bit like they're going to go tight end heavy again. But Bateman is going to be on the field all the time. Lamar kind of showed last year he likes locking on to one guy. I mean, when Bateman was in there and Hollywood was there and Lamar was playing, Hollywood was getting all the passes. As soon as Lamar went out, the backups came in. Bateman started having a little bit more. And I think Bateman is just going to be the guy that Lamar locks on to because they don't have anything else. And like Andrew was saying, I kind of like that, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, Bateman's that first round draft pick. Everyone's going to fall back in love with him. So I think he's a guy that could easily jump up. Maybe not top 12, but I could see him definitely being 13, 14, 15 next year. But, but Mitch, haven't you heard Isaiah likely is going to catch like eight passes That's a right. game? <laughs> and he's going to have like 9.0 oh like yards <laughs> per out run. So, yeah. I can't wait till the preseason's over just so I we can stop this. I know. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'll i jump in here and just I think Bateman's actually a really good pick because he's he's going he's on an offense that tends to run the ball and you know doesn't get a lot of flash and all this. But we were just talking about the Eagles and they threw the ball the least amount of times. You know where Baltimore was? Throwing the ball last year, number of attempts. They, they were they were much ninth. higher than usual. They were yeah. ninth. Yeah. Like we talk about them as a running team, but they throw the ball. They throw the ball, and it's going to be Andrews clearly, and then Bateman, and then crickets. Like we were just talking about. So I love the Bateman pick. I think a lot of people are good kind of looking at him, overlooking him maybe because of the whole Marquise Brown leaving and can he do this and can he be the guy? The team thinks so. That's enough for me. Let's go for yeah. it. So I mean, it's it's definitely possible that he's in the top 12, especially with all the other things that we were just talking about with the older guys kind of falling out. I think we could see four or five people changing in the top 12. Why not Bateman? Totally love it. It's a great pick. My, my one worry with the Bateman selection is just actually what you said is the volume thing. Yes, they were ninth last year, but I, we've, you know, if you listen to podcasts, you've heard that talked about ad nauseum, you know, you know, the, the they they didn't have a running 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 it back had to be Devonte yeah. Freeman and and all that stuff um, and and the defense was much worse than it normally is as well which also led to more passing uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do volume wise this year I would kind of think that they would not revert back but I mean they were like bottom five like in pass attempts uh, the previous well, two seasons something else that I think and I mentioned this before I think I talked about it even last week when we were talking about the the running backs but like. Last year, the Ravens did well the year before, so their schedule was pretty tough last year. And then last year, they didn't do well. They had a lot of injuries, and they had to throw the ball and all this. And now this year, the schedule gets easier, which you could say then means more running. Like, you could paint the narrative however you want, but I'm just going to keep defaulting back to there's no one else but Bateman. Like, I don't – at this point, I – Devin Duvernay does not worry me, right? Like I, I'm not looking at picking up Devin Duvernay and being like, oh, he's going to be the guy. I, I don't know who the wide receiver two is there. Technically, it's a wide receiver three. It's Isaiah Andrews. likely, Andrew. But again, I don't, even if it's likely, <laughs> it's not likely that that's going to make a difference. You know what I mean? Like, I just love the idea that Bateman is probably going to get 150 targets easy. Like without even trying, Bateman's going to walk into a ton of volume, which is on a team that runs the ball, there are going to be a lot of red zone attempts too. He could be fresh and be happy and get 12 touchdowns 160 targets, you know, 125 catches, 1,200 yards, and be wide receiver three on the year, and everybody's still going to go, I don't know if he's top 12. Like, I, like he could have a dominant season, and we'd all just kind of go, yeah, but it's on the Ravens. and that, Exactly. Who cares? He's scoring points. 
Yeah, and then that's the thing, though, that in favor of the of Bateman jumping in there is that even if it's a, a the volume does come back down, he's he's should have even if it's a smaller pie than last year, he should have a very big slice of that pie. It's basically right. Andrews, him, and uh, you know Hall of Famer Isaiah Likely. That's it. Uh, I'm not going to stop uh, doing that. Well, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> You must have a lot of likely shares you need to move. I actually way. don't. I just think I just love the preseason hype. I think it's ridiculous. And we're going to get into that a little more later. But yeah. uh, Andrew, who who are your guys? Well, so I I was tempted to kind of go outside the the box a little bit and just say 2023 receiver. You know, fill in the blank. I mean, there, there's going to be one or two I think that are going to be in this top 12. I feel like that's kind of a cop out, but also I, I'm not picking a name. That's not really fair. Uh, the, the second option I want to go with, which is, I mean, I want to talk about it for a minute is Michael Pittman. That's the lowest hanging fruit. He's wide receiver 13 right now. Like that's the easiest one to get in, but Michael Pittman's getting so much hype. Everybody's loving the Pittman hype. And obviously Matt Ryan, we're all going to say Matt Ryan, greater sign Carson Wentz, your favorite quarterback, Rocky. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's, it, I just think it's Pittman to the moon. And, and I don't think that's really a, a, a long leap of, of, I don't know, faith to put him in the top 12, but there is one other name and kind of similar to what Mitch was saying with Bateman. And I thought I'd bring up here just because it's an interesting trajectory is Amon Ross St. Brown. We kind of talked about it before, but I think even with golf, I think he could be a top receiving option. And then again, if in 2023, if the Lions go out and get a quarterback and gets, you know, top one or two quarterbacks on the market at the time, which I don't even want to project who that's going to be. But if they go get the best guy, you know, a year from now, Amon Ross could get that hype like we were just talking about with DK. Right. So like there is a chance that Amon Ross gets that in 2021, August of 2021, he was wide receiver 59. 59 and this year he's wide receiver 26 right so like he's got your 25 sorry so he's right outside just behind Bateman like he's just outside the wide receiver two stop but honestly like Amon Ra could be one of those guys if I'm in a rebuild I'm targeting Amon Ra before he scores points and same with Bateman like these guys that are kind of going under the radar I think they're easily in that in that conversation I'm not predicting it but I'm just saying it is someone that I think could get up there so again if I'm going easiest it's any 2023 receiver second easiest is Pittman and then wild card is Amon Ross St. Brown. Why not? Let's just cause chaos. I, I can't see Amon Ross. I think Mitch, I can't remember if it was before the show or after we started recording, but I know Mitch said if Pittman and Amon Ra have, yeah. the, have the same season yep. this year, that's kind of what they I mean, both it's, do it's, very well. Pittman I wanted to put him on the sheet. In. I don't think that, Amon Ra will. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Mitch? Am I crazy? I, with Amon Ra. He's a Lions fan, too. My word, I know that's the thing. It's the same thing with the Eagles. Like, yeah, something's gonna hold them back because they're the Lions. That's just how this works in life. You have more reason to believe that than I do. (laughs) My honest thought with Amon Ra is, I think his ceiling is like Keenan Allen. Whatever Keenan Allen was when he was very good, you know, that very bottom end wide receiver twelve, but can never really get up higher than that. I think that's Amon Ra, but I think that's he could easily do it. I mean, he's amazing and hard knocks. Isn't lowering my expectations there at all. I mean, that's been so much fun to watch this year, but I'm kind of shocked. Pittman isn't wide receiver 10 or 11 or 12 already. Like I can't believe that he's not there because how much everybody loves him. I think Matt Ryan going there, Matt Ryan produces good wide receivers. It's just, doesn't matter who's there. The one of the wide receivers is going to produce. I mean, whether it was Russell Gage or, you know, who, when Julio was there or when Calvin Ridley was there, it didn't matter. Matt Ryan did really well. I think it's something that we saw with Stafford. With Stafford, it was always like, oh, you know, Calvin Johnson, that's why Stafford was good. But now we see players leave what Stafford did, like Galladay. 
he's terrible. All the other like low end wide receivers to the left, pretty terrible. Then he goes to the Rams, and all of a sudden Cooper Cup is like the best wide receiver in the league to where he was a very good slot wide receiver before. So I think quarterbacks can do that. And I think Matt Ryan could easily propel Pittman into even the top eight consideration. Yeah, I, I think Pittman, I'll be if Pittman has even a, a just a good season this year. I think he's just he's everyone loves Pittman so much. Yep. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna put him up there, especially with some of these other guys. Just like we said, likely just aging out of the top twelve. So regardless of their production, so uh, I'll get into Mayan uh, and then we'll move on to a few other things we're going to discuss. But uh, Mayan is is Cortland Sutton, who's wide receiver twenty one. Uh, anybody who's who's listened to me on junkies or trade addicts, this is no surprise. Most likely, I've been a big Sutton guy. Uh, he, I know he, he was absolute trash at the end of last year, um, but but he did produce early on last season, and he has produced in the past. He's produced at higher levels than Judy ever has in his career, um, and especially a couple years ago. Um, before he got hurt for a more sustained period of time than Judy has ever produced. Uh, and that'll, you know, that's going to kind of bring us into one of the points because we have some some different wide receiver talking points when to get into with Sutton versus Judy. I, I've been arguing this all offseason with people. Uh, I, I, ne- I do not get the Judy love. Judy has not really produced much at all in, in his first two years. He's produced okay, but uh, he's not, he's not, I don't think he's been a top. 36 wide receiver. He hasn't been a wide receiver three yet in his first two years. So, and I know he was hurt last year and he was a rookie of the year before, but, but Sutton showed us more than that um, early on. So, so Mitch, where are you on the Sutton versus Judy debate? It's definitely Sutton for me. Like without a doubt, it's Sutton. I think he fits what Russ does. And my biggest worry is just, I've always worried about how Russ is going to be in his mid to late thirties. Just if his style is going to work, like how well it worked for Breeze. I mean, Breeze, it worked great. And he was okay. And he was never athletic like Wilson is. And maybe Russell Wilson can do that. But that's why like, I'm extremely okay where Sutton is ranked now compared to like other guys we've talked about. I'm like, oh, he probably should be a little bit higher. Sutton, I think it's completely fair right now. 21, he could go top 10. If Russ isn't good, he's going to be down in the 30s. And so... Yeah, Judy is just is not a guy that I have on very many teams because everyone that's raked around him, I love almost everybody else that's around him that much more. And I think with Sutton, it could be kind of like sort of like a Stefan Diggs situation. It's kind of the reverse where Diggs moved to the good quarterback. In this case, mm. the good quarterback moved to Sutton. But I, I think we could see it where I mean, he was not as good as Diggs even before Russell Wilson came. But, but I just think we could see like this huge jump, this monster season uh, from Cortland Sutton. And I think if he does, if he produces like I think he will. And I again, I just think he's going to be the guy in the red zone. I think he's more likely to be getting deeper passes downfield than Judy as well, which is both those things produce fantasy points. So if he has that season, he's still only going to be 27, which is I think about the age Diggs was when he hooked up with Allen. Uh, I, I just think it can it can get him in there if he produces like an 80, 1300, 12 touchdown season or something like that. Definitely so possible. Andrew, any thoughts on that before we move on? I'll add that? a little bit of seasoning on top. You guys have hit all the really good points here, <laughs> but I mean, I, I've got one share of each in two different leagues and, I'm kind of playing the numbers in a sense. Like I, I don't know who it's going to be. I, I do think Sutton probably has a better fantasy year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Judy has a better NFL year 
like one of those kind of, you know, hemming and hawing and kind of, you know, playing both sides where it's like Sutton gets 100 catches and 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns and Judy gets 90 catches and 90, 917 yards and 13 touchdowns, right? And it's just like, it could be one of those things where you, you don't really mind having either. And it makes it really hard for us to predict a year from now, who's going to do that again. And who's going to like, I, I just think they're both going to be kind of, you know, feasting on each other a little bit, but it could be a situation like my Bengals where you just got two studs and they finally get a good quarterback and they both blow up and they are both potentially top 12 quarterbacks or sorry, top 12 receivers. So I think that the, the Judy hate is probably warranted, but I'm not quite that high on it. I just think that, there is a potential for him to turn it around. And I think Sutton has a, a stronger likelihood to do that. You know, some way I like to put this is I think Sutton is less risky, but you might have, you know, less reward too. You might have a, a lower ceiling and a higher floor. And at that point, I mean, in wide receiver two, I'm fine going high floor if I need to. If I go, if I went crazy high ceiling on my top, you know, if I go really crazy in my wide receiver one, having Sutton as my wide receiver two is like a security blanket I can live with. But if I'm looking for some risk and trying to get some stuff in wide receiver three, I don't mind going Judy there. So, you know, I kind of see both options. I see both sides, but you're probably right. Sutton definitely has the better chance to get into the top 12 uh, a year from now. I would agree with that. And and speaking of risk and reward, we're going to, we're going to get into some of the, uh, the off season uh, hype guys or, or lack oh of hype guys. Yeah. I'm going to start with the negative one and then we'll move to the two positive guys, which is Traylon Burks. A lot of people's wide receiver one, a lot, if not a lot for most people was wide receiver two, uh, even coming out of the draft, I think, because he did get good capital and, and they traded away AJ Brown and all that. Uh, pretty much everything since then has been horrible for him. So, yeah. so Mitch, are you, are you riding along with this wave of negative, uh, negative stuff for him? Or do you hold on more? And I don't know where you had him before. So maybe you didn't yeah. like him to begin with, but would you, or would you be holding more on to your, your, your initial take on him and not kind of just ignoring this stuff? Yeah. He was my wide receiver too, going into the draft. I love the dude. And, you know, I always say when the news cycle cycle hits, it's like every player is getting the, best shape of their life oh you know they've done everything and then i've always said we want to listen to the bad things coaches say because that actually matters we haven't heard anything good about burks i mean besides like you know he's he's really trying hard now guys and it's like well, that's just <laughs> great so no like i've definitely dropped him down he's someone to where i don't really want to move him off my rosters right now because you can't get a lot for him and if he does hit the first couple weeks, it's going to be okay. But I think his value's almost fallen to the point now to where we're expecting him to have a really bad year. So I don't know how much further his value is going to drop. Uh, I mean, like, are you going to take Burks now or Christian Watson? And I think well, there's a lot of people who... Well, Christian Watson hasn't exactly been... The I know, but that's the thing. But that's like where he's at now, right? I yeah, mean... Three months ago, that was a crazy conversation. Like, exactly. of course it's Burks. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, with that, though, I, I agree with you. Like, easily value-wise, you have to move him down. And I think it's crazy to, to trade him at this point if he's already on your roster. But um, do you think this actually means we're going to see, like, bad a bad year out of him and that his value will continue to plummet? Yeah, I think <laughs> so. I mean, you worry about that offense too, right? I mean, they really only need to have one good wide receiver there because of what Derrick Henry could do. And if Robert Woods can stay healthy, he could do everything that they really need. And then they have the other ancillary pieces that could, 
you know, chip in where they need to. And maybe they're not going to have Burks be that, you know, wide receiver two, hopefully becomes wide receiver one. Maybe it's just they that team has messed up on draft picks before. I mean, they drafted the offensive lineman. I can never remember his name who lasted like two years in the league, but really two months because after that, he never like played another snap. I know you're talking about. I don't know his I name. I can't either. think of his name. <laughs> right there. Uh, well, I wanted to mention Andrew, something yeah. about Burks. I, I think I'm with you. I, I was really high on Burks coming into this, and even before the draft, I was like, he's probably one of the top two or three, you know, wide receivers in the draft, NFL wise. And he goes to a team that that traded away their their top receiver to get him, right? Like they made that was the most move a team can make to show you how much they value the guy. And so I think in 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 my mind, I looked at that as all positive. Right. Like all of that was positive news the the actions speak louder than words kind of thing. But then when the words came around that you're right, none of the words have been that positive. And I'm, I've said this a number of times and you hit the nail on the head. If, if, if it's bad news, I'm listening and it's, it's bad news about Burks and it's not necessarily talent either. I think it's just like adjustment to this level of game or, you know, the, the whole asthma situation, like, you know, adapting to that. And I just feel like at this stage of your game, you should have that figured out. So I don't know. I mean, I have zero shares of Burks, and and at this point, I am actually thinking if if I can get him for a Watson, if I can get him for you know a Dotson, even like there was a recent trade as of yesterday in the DLF Trade Finder, Burks and Tommy Tremble, which is a throw-in for Jahan Dotson, and it's like again Burks or Dotson, I it, you're taking crazy pills three months ago, like what are you talking about, right? But now with the way things have gone, I, I kind of can see the logic where someone has Burks and they're like, I need to contend, and I don't think this is the year for that, and Dotson probably going to be the second or third option on that, that, you know, commander's offense with Carson Wentz. Maybe he gets some upside. Like that's, that's a bleak outlook, you know, like that's, that's not ideal. So, I mean, I'm probably going to be acquiring Burks this season. If the price drops to where I can, you know, for a second, you know what I mean? Like if I can send a 23 second for Burks, I'm fine to do that. Right. Like, and there are going to be teams that are going to just want out and take the pick and love the class and just don't want to take the risk. I think Burks is going to be a guy, but I don't think it's going to be this year. So it's going to be a rough road. And one last thing on Burks for me, and then we'll move on, is I, I, I think he's a total hold. I wouldn't even have yeah. interest in buying him. And, and like Mitch, I had him as my wide receiver, too. And I'm kind of holding that. I mean, like like he said, value-wise, I can't trade. You know, I couldn't trade him. Exactly. Like, You're not selling uh, him right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I just think that even though I liked him that much, I, I, I even then I acknowledged he had back then, I think, one of the highest bust potentials of any guy in this draft class, um, even though this upside was so high, I had him at two. So I, I'm just kind of, I'm in a total hold. I have no interest in selling him at his low point now, but I have no interest in buying him thinking I, I can definitely see it play out kind of like Mitch says, where it just goes bad. And, and, and next year, and he never produced, I could see where he never becomes anything. Like yeah. I, I just, I would rather see what happens and, and not do either thing right now. You see Nikhil Harry. Like I see one of those guys exactly. who gets a ton yeah. of hype, ton of talent, and just can't put it together when it matters. It's very possible, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll go now to the, to the, the positive guys. You know, we have the guy who's a combination of Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, uh, George Pickens. <laughs> Um, I think they're already crafting his bust in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, I, I, we were talking Oof. earlier. I, 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 I have some pickings. I've been trying to move him for 23 first, and I haven't been able to do it. Mitch, Mitch said his, his co-host Bauer has been able to yep. get it done. But where are you at on pick? Are you selling him for any first you can get? 
if I had any, I would. But <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, I'm, I've got one chair, and I would love to get a first for him. It's just I'm not sure if he's quite there in, in everybody's mind yet. This is one of those things. If you put a poll on Twitter, would you rather have George Pickens or the 23 first? It'd be Pickens 80 to 20. You know what I mean? Like Twitter is all about the hype and all of this, and people are going to vote just to, to, with their heart. They're not actually putting their money on the line. But when you get to actually like checking those boxes in MFL and you're like, uh, 23 first is gold. You know what I mean? Like, man, I don't know if I want to give that up for Pickens. He might not be anything. He might be Claypool, right? We might be Johnson. Like that team also has so many question marks this year. Like it's entirely possible that we see Pickens blow up in week one or week two and his value gets even higher. And, or the other thing, he gets zero catches for the first four weeks. We have no clue. Like the range of outcomes is so insane with this guy. That was my thing with Pickens is I was going to bring up is like people who are paying the 23 first to, to, to John Bauer, apparently, and not me. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering what they think is going to happen. Like I, how in this offense with Deontay Johnson, who is a great wide receiver, uh, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, and two very suspect quarterbacks that are going to be playing this year. What do they see Pickens doing to be worth the 23 first by the end of the year? Like, I just don't see how that happens. Like he's not going to, he's probably a, best third on that team in targets and what does that even mean on a kenny pickett mitch trubisky offense <laughs> well it's still better than ben come on this is this offense is better than last year already because ben is done he's that's that's fine the good but thing I'm about ben though was he threw a lot yeah right. so that was at least good it's for the pass catcher volume offense i don't yeah. think there's any chance we could think trubisky and pickett get at least i hope not for steelers fans <laughs> but that's been my same talking point on it is I've always been kind of out on this offense because I don't know what those quarterbacks are going to do. I don't know what that offensive line's going to do. So, like, I always kind of like Najee, but I was worried about Deontay. I mean, I'm sure the guys are going to get theirs, but there is no way you're going to have four viable pass catchers in this offense. I think Najee is going to get targets. Pat Firemuth is probably going to get his tight end targets. Deontay, probably the most likely guy. And then, so then you're going to tell me that Pickens is fighting with Claypool. I mean, Pickens. He can be great. I just don't know if this offense can produce that many fantasy. I mean, this isn't Kyler Murray in, you know, in Arizona. This is in an extremely tough division to where they have to play good defenses in the snow half the year. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. I'll let <laughs> other people take that gamble. I'm completely okay not having one pick and share in my team. Well, and I, I did want to mention this because we were talking about what we can get for him. I, I'm just, again, pulling up on the DLF trade finder because I always find this entertaining. Uh, this one this one blew me away because it's got a lot of these hype preseason hype guys in it, right? One side, you've got George Pickens, Damian Pierce, and a third. The other side, you've got Sky Moore and a 23 first. Oh. Like, think about that. Pickens and Pierce for more and a first. Like, what are we Slamming doing there? Like, more first side. Yeah. Same uh, here. Like, that crazy. seems like an easy option. But, like, that's what's happening right now. This Why can't I get that? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, there's another one here. Like which five Pickens shares. There's another one, which is kind of the other direction. It's Pickens for Nico Collins in a second. Well, on that one, give me Pickens every <laughs> exactly. day. Like, what do you do? So, like, the, the, that's kind of the and that's a recent compass of what. Yeah, those are both within the last two days. But, like, here's the funny part to me. That is exactly George Pickens, right? He could be nothing. He could be Deontay Johnson. I, I'm, I'm not sure I want to pay that kind of price on a, on a risky asset like that. It's just that's not the way I play the game. So I'm fine if I, the one league that I have him, I'm going to ride him and see how it goes, but I'm not going to acquire him, at least not right now. He needs to stumble before I try to trade for him. That's for sure. 
Yeah, and that's why I would, if I could get it, I'd be trading him for any, I, even if it's a late Easily. first, because I just, to me, I don't see how you can, if you want Pickens that badly, you can probably use that 23 first next year to buy Pickens Plus. Yep. Easily. My, yeah. My biggest worry, if let's say I was huge into Pickens and he was my guy, right? If I'm moving my 23 first, I have to know Pickens is making my team better, giving me a higher chance to make the playoffs especially with that 23 class next year, because we know the value of those picks. Yeah. I don't know how anyone could be like, no, Pickens is the guy that's going to lead me to a championship more so than anybody else I could get for those 23 first. Cause you get very good wide receivers for straight up 23 first right now. Yeah, that's you know a really good point. The opportunity cost of trading that 23 first to Pickens is high, especially well, if you're a contender. Here's another angle too. Like, and this is kind of a, what if, and I don't know how much longer we want to go down this road, but I mean, if, if Pickens was Watson, if, if Watson was getting this kind of hype, let's let's put it that way. If Watson was getting this kind of love, I would easily trade uh, first for Watson because that yeah. offense is going to need it, right? But we're talking about Pittsburgh. Yikes. I mean, they were fourth in passing last year in, in attempts, but I'm, I'm exactly where you are, Mitch. Like, I don't know if they do that again, and I don't know if they're that much volume on it. Their offensive line didn't get that much better. They, they worry me. That's all I'm saying. There's, there's a lot going around. You can paint whatever picture you want for Pickens, and that scares me. It's not a sure thing, and I'd much rather hold that 23 first for a sure thing. Okay, and then the next guy kind of ties in two things. It's it's, it's the preseason well, hype, and also I, I did want to talk a little bit about the Green Bay wide receiver room anyway because that's kind of, you know, a big talking point this offseason. So, but Romeo Dubs, uh, you know, from fourth-round rookie pick to, to superstar now, um he's going to be the green bay wide receiver one i guess uh but but mitch how do you see that is romeo dubs going to be a factor at all in the because i don't think he is i think he's going to be like their wide receiver four and they're going to probably run a lot and he's not even going to matter this is marquez calloway all over again so my biggest issue is people started liking dobbs for whatever reason right and then Aaron Rodgers started saying things about Dobbs, like, oh, yeah, he's doing oh, really well. And they practice. went to lunch, Mitch. Yeah, they, they had lunch. Do <laughs> yeah. you know that Stafford and Cup had, had breakfast, breakfast last year? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that lunch, actually yeah. happened. Yeah. But, <laughs> but oh, man. Uh, so I made you lose your train of thought. Yeah, no, you're good. But <laughs> the problem is, Rodgers says that about a lot of rookies that come in. He said it about MVS. He said about MVS all the time on how. No. This is the year he's going to break out. The dude loved Jake Kumaro, who's like, I'm he's, I think he's still on the bills. I'm not entirely sure. Jeff Janice. But it, <laughs> it happens all the time. Right. I mean, uh, and then the best part was two days later, he comes out and says something very good about Christian Watson. We don't care about that right now. We nah. care about the Dobbs stuff. <laughs> so no, I just, I count with Dobbs. I think this happens every year on this type of offense. We find someone, who shows hype in the preseason. We don't have anyone else we really like in that offense. Give me Alan Lazard. I'll have Alan Lazard on every single team. He's cheap enough to where if he dies, well, not dies, but like dies <laughs> on my yeah. dynasty team, right? I'm still yeah. okay with it. If he does really well, then he's probably not going to like jump up in value, but he's going to be a good producer for my team. Yeah, I uh, think it'll be fair, a, it'll yeah. be a solid flex. I don't think there's some people that are trying to hype up Alan Lazard as some like potential wide receiver one in like fantasy or something, and that's not happening. I and I I don't think Green Bay is going to have a wide receiver one in terms of their team. Like I think it's just going to be 
kind of sort of uh, what we were saying, like with the Eagles earlier, where it, it, with, with lesser options, uh, it's just going to be spread around to everybody. Uh, I made the joke on trade addicts earlier this weekend, their wide receiver one is going to be Aaron Jones. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually right. totally believe that. And I agree with you. I think you're entirely right to say that. Yeah. And so we'll move then to the other uh, kind of interesting wide receiver room that people are trying to figure out this offseason. Um, because the quarterback like Rodgers is so good, better than Rodgers even, uh, at least right now, in Kansas City. Uh, so I, I've been I've been pretty much a pro-Juju guy so far. I think he's of the wide receiver. I mean, I think everybody agrees Kelsey's probably going to lead that team in targets. But of the wide receivers – uh, I think it's going to be Juju. We've seen it from him in the past. Um, he's he, he can play. He He's obviously better in this slot, but he can play inside or outside. Uh, I just think they'll find ways to use him. Andy Reid's a creative guy, and he's just the most accomplished guy there by far. Even a lot of people like to point out they're paying him like uh, a lot less than MVS. And he's, MVS is not going to – I will bet anybody MVS will not outproduce Juju. So. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a but, story though? Like MVS <laughs> is a thing with uh, Pat Mahomes, but Aaron Rodgers couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh. And Sky Moore as a rookie coming out of Western Michigan, I just don't see it happening in year one. So to me, it's pretty easily juju, but, but you guys have any uh, thoughts on that and disagree? Well, agree. I'll, I'll jump in here. And I think that juju is one of those guys that, you know, had that, had that potential to be wide receiver one overall when Antonio Brown left. And there was a lot of hype thinking he's the next in line and, that didn't pan out and then he got hurt and it was just, there was so much like his fall from grace was pretty spectacular in terms of fantasy value. I do think him being with the chiefs of any team is, is definitely going to help his value. And I think it's got the potential to be, you know, top 20 receiver again, you know, like he's not even really that far off from it. Now, if we're looking at it, like Juju is wide receiver 24 and ADP right now, like in start in super flex, whatever ADP, like just behind Bateman, just ahead of Amon Ra, like I talked about. Right. Like he's the number one receiver in terms of ADP on Kansas city, you know, not count. Cause again, not counting uh, Travis Kelsey, who was the number one target. But again, I think if you're looking at that and just saying, well, you know, how does Kansas city and Pat Mahomes not have a, a top 10 receiver because he's going to make them a top 10 receiver kind of, you could argue whether it was him or Hill. I think it was more Hill's talent myself, but Hill and, and Juju are very different players, right? Juju yeah. is going to be the kind of guy that gets 10 catches for 68 yards. You know what I mean? Like, and he's going to do terrific things in PPR leagues. And he's not going to quite be as flashy. I don't think you're going to see three, four, five touchdowns from him like you might have from Hill and all that. But I do think of all the receivers on that team, and I'm with you on Sky Moore. I think he could be a thing, but that's too risky for me as a rookie. So, yeah, give me Juju. I think it's definitely got some potential to, to make a flash and make a splash in fantasy and all that. And I don't know. I just traded for Juju and Amon Ra in one league where I was like, you know what? I'm rebuilding. Let's go with some of these receivers. Like we're talking about holding value and all that. And a rebuild, I love trading for these kind of, you know, wide receiver two threes that have upside and can get to a wide receiver one, two kind of play next year. And I think Juju's definitely in that board for sure. And I, I see Mitch nodding down there. So I think he agrees with me and Andrew is saying regarding Juju, but curious, how high do you think the Juju ceiling is? Do you think it's like, could he be a low end one kind of guy or where you see Juju kind of ending up this season with Mahomes? dynasty wise if he could be that high uh production wise production wise. oh i think so so this has nothing to do with tyreek hill i think everyone kind of forgets how good sammy watkins was in that offense 
when Sammy Watkins was healthy. I mean, he put up great <laughs> fantasy weeks every season. The only problem was like he couldn't stay healthy. I think that's exactly what Juju's going to do. He's going to go straight into that role. They have field stretchers all over the field. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to be Tyreek. Sky Moore might have to try to be Tyreek. Juju gets to just go do what Juju does best. And in that offense, I think his ceiling is extremely high. And I don't care about the contract. I, I really don't. Like I people hate Christian one. Kirk because he got a lot of money. It has nothing to do with how good he's going to be on the field this year. It's like, no, I like him. He got paid a lot of money and ruined like the wide receiver landscape, right? But as far as Juju goes, I think he's going to be really good this year. And if he's really good, he's going to get paid really good again. And he's like we kind of mentioned with some other guys, he's in that price range to where you're not having to spend that 23 first to get him. It might be a really, really early 23 second to get him, but he's not carrying that 23 first price tag. Uh, and dynasty wise, what do you think? Like, could he could he make that jump to 12 if he has a big season? He is only 26. And especially, I guess the big issue would be he only signed a one-year contract, correct? Yep. yep. He, I think he would have to re-sign with KC and have a very good season, and then I could see it. Like if if he has, well, yeah, if he has. Let's like, talk uh, this uh, out a second. Let's say he has a terrific year. Let's say he finishes as a as wide receiver ten for the year, right? Let's say like in, in fantasy, he finishes as top ten receiver, and let's say he doesn't re-sign with Kansas City, but he goes to the perfect possible situation, something like a Green Bay, something like a. Uh, even Houston with a new quarterback or like one of those potential, like all the stars align and all that. I'm not a hundred percent sure that, that he's, he's going to rock it up to wide receiver 10 in dynasty. I just don't know if that's how it's going to work. I think the way that his, his downfall or, and, and downfall is the right term, but the way his trend down has been, has been a couple of years. I think it's going to take a couple of years to get back up. And by the time he's 28, he'll be in that top 10. If everything goes exactly right. But, I mean, that's asking a lot. I'm thinking Juju is more in that wide receiver 15 to 20 range, right? One of those guys that is a role player on your fantasy team. You never have to worry about starting him, but you're not exactly getting, you know, Michael Pittman for Juju straight up. Like, that's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's younger, better players that are coming around. But I think his value has some room to grow and has some room to go up, sure. But I just, I don't know. Even if everything goes exactly right, man, that's asking a lot. I completely agree. Everything you said, I completely agree with. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think he's young enough, and he had, he's had a monster seasons in the past. I just, yeah. I, I could see it. The people kind of like uh, people coming back around, especially if he signs either back in KC or the, as you said, some perfect situation that we're not coming up with off the top of our heads. But, uh, but we'll finish up, uh, and then we'll move on to final intrigue. I did want to get to one more point here because I, I, he's kind of the most polarizing guy <sighs> I feel like in fantasy. Uh, this off season, which is Gabe Davis. Uh, so I, I want to get all of our Gabe Davis takes out there. Cause I'm not sure we've really talked about him that much on our, on our pod here. So uh, not much. yeah, Mitch, I, I'll let you start. Are you pro Gabe Davis guy or anti Gabe Davis guy? The problem is, is I don't hate Gabe Davis, <laughs> but everybody is valuing him to a point to where I have to hate Gabe Davis because <laughs> I'll just never have him on any team. I can't get him in best ball. I can't get him on any redraft teams. I definitely can't get him in Dynasty. And so he's just priced so high right now that if he does well, that's awesome. But people have already paid that huge price for him. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Good for you. I'll go get a couple other players for a little bit less at that point. I think he's going to be fine. That's my thing. It's like, 
I think he's going to be perfectly okay in that offense. But Josh Allen, that rushing potential every single week, he's going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns. Diggs is amazing. I really like Dawson Knox. Um, and Josh Allen has always been a guy who's kind of willing to throw it around. Do you know who Gabe Davis reminds me of? He's a- Chris, Christian Kirk. He's just, he's the guy who can have four touchdown games. How and he dare can have, you? I know, right? <laughs> but I think that's just who he is. And it's okay. I mean, yeah. Christian Kirk got paid bank, but it doesn't mean that he's going to be like a great fantasy wide receiver every week. And and yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, I think you said it perfectly. Kid Davis is fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see, I don't see this big ceiling that everyone else sees just because he had a 200 yard four touchdown game in the playoffs like it, if he was that good then he wouldn't have been kept off the field by emmanuel sanders and cole beasley and it it, it, it you have to look long and, and hard to find someone who produced the way gabe davis has in his first two seasons and has been a, been a significant like wide receiver one type of guy after that or even a high end too like it doesn't usually like it's Devonte adams and there's there's not a lot of other guys that have have played have produced as poor as stats as gabe has his first two years and gone on to like huge success so i think he's gotta almost be better just because the other guys are now out of the way and they don't seem to have brought in anybody significant enough to push him out of being sort of the wide receiver too uh but also i mean i think i i kind of think Diggs is going to go nuclear again this year i i think he's bouncing back from he actually had a fairly good year last year and just didn't score the touchdowns i think that'll regress this year uh so i think he'll be fine that's i agree with mitch i i don't hate him but i'm not interested really in acquiring because the price that everybody has for him is too high well i think we're all on team meh you know what i mean like i don't think there's not a negative i can't really hate him i i hate the price not the player right and I think that's where we all are. I think his, his price has inflated to a point that makes me less excited to spend that to acquire him. I think his ceiling, and, and I mean, his ceiling is what his price is. And I don't like buying players in Dynasty, especially at their ceiling. It just it doesn't feel, it doesn't make me feel good at night. I'd rather buy them at their floor. And I think we missed that window or we may have to wait until another one comes around on Davis. But I mean, even in ADP is wide receiver 40. ECR in, in redraft on Fantasy Pros, he's wide receiver 22. But he's getting talked about on Twitter like he's wide receiver six. You know what I'm saying? Like it just the price is ridiculous. And I know even in best ball drafts and a lot of the underdog drafts that happened in July, even he was getting a lot of hype. And it just seems like that drum beat has been consistently overpriced for me. Like it just it, I don't feel like his his value matches his talent matches his price at this point. I just I'm kind of on the same train as you two. And, and maybe that makes for bad podcasting where we're all kind of like, no, <laughs> right. but uh, that's kind of where I'm at. It just, I, you know, if I can get him as a throw in on something where the other guy also was mad and fine, but no one's going to do that. Like everyone's looking for the guy in their league that wants to buy Gabe Davis. And, you know, I'll trade you Chris Godwin for Gabe Davis. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's what everybody's trying to do. And you're not going to find a sucker at this point. Everybody's onto the game because it's been so long that we've been talking about it. So, I mean, again, I'm not out on him, but I'm not in on him. So I don't know. If you've got Davis, good job. If you don't, good job. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and, and real quick before we move on to find me a trade, since we have a question in the chat, I want to throw it up here, but I'm not entirely sure what they're saying. So maybe one of you two can explain it to me. Um, with the young wide receivers coming in so good, are we getting to the point of wide receiver ones being very much like RB ones? Do you, do you understand what he's asking there? I'm not really sure. I think what that the means. way I'm reading the way I'm reading this is it's kind <laughs> of like Jay the, in the chat, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Gator. Appreciate the question, and I, I'll try my best. Feel free to comment if I'm way off. But I think what he's talking about is like wide receiver ones 
you're locking them in, right? Like running back ones are, are locked in and running backs, you tend to have more rookies that can do that. And we've seen Jefferson and Chase and, you know, we've had a lot of really good young talented receivers come in and kind of just land and dominate. And I think that there is some time where, you know, in theory, anyway, some of those guys are landing, dominating and, and are staying up there. And I, I don't know if that's going to be true forever with receiver, or if we're just seeing a really odd twist here. Yeah. He's talking about value. I love talking. Yeah, value. I, I think one. I see what he's saying <clears> then. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you know, previously RB ones, kind of what Mitch was saying earlier, I think is what he was saying, where the RB ones had so much value because RB running backs were so valued. And right. Because the, the wide receivers we're getting are so good coming in now. I think what uh, he's saying is like the top tier is, is becoming bigger, like the running back one top tier is, yes. right? Where you've got like six running back ones that you're fine with. And I think in Dynasty right now, there's like three if you count Cup. You know, you got Chase and Jefferson, and then there's a tier break. And I think what he's asking here is like with, with all these young receivers coming in and kind of flooding that top, it's going to be very top heavy. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think receivers are trickier with that. And it's good. Definitely a good question for what we're talking about tonight, kind of looking at receivers and their values. But I mean, again, I, I feel kind of like we've been spoiled. I feel like the track record is the other way where receivers don't tend to land and hit that early. Um, and again, it, it could happen. And maybe we're seeing a transition in, in the NFL and, and fantasy and all that. But I tend to look at the history and say, yeah, probably not. I guess we'll see, but mm, probably not. Okay, so I, I hope that answered your question, Gator. Uh, we're going to move on to now find me a trade. Uh, this one was submitted by a friend of mine, a uh, friend of ours, Andrew, that we're going to chat with him. Uh, great guy, Craig Reith at Roto Heat Craig. Uh, he submitted a roster that is a uh, league that is 12 team super flex. With tiered, there's a lot going on in this league with the scoring. Yes, by the way. yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> tiered PPR, which is 1.0 for wide receivers, 1.25 for running backs, 1.75 for tight ends. Tight ends also get an extra premium of yardage being one point per 7.5 yards. Running backs get one point every eight yards, and receivers get one at the normal one every ten. So a lot going on, and then there's also point bonuses for length of TDs and long passing. But there's a whole bunch going on, like. Like I said, it's 30-man roster, uh, start 11, quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, super flex, and three flex. Um, so, Andrew, if you can bring up his roster, I'll just read off what he said real quick, which is just had a very short write-up here. Third year of the league, uh, he was last in the first year by design, kind of going the productive struggle route. And then uh, he was the last team in the playoffs in 2021, and he's looking to contend now. It's a super flex league with big play bonuses tier by position, like we just said. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you run through his roster, and then we'll go through our trades. Sure, and I I'm really appreciate you reading all of the settings because I was like, I'll just take a nap. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those leagues that I love reading. It's just like, man, that's a tough one because you don't know where you're going. But anyway, here's the roster. I really like this roster. I don't know if you guys agree. Craig in the chat, of course. Uh, we're, I'm glad you're here. But I think this is one of those teams that I look at and I go, ooh, that's a contender. I like this. So we got Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, and Tyler Huntley at QB. And for Superflex, I don't know if you can do much better than that. Running back, you got J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, uh, obviously the best running back ever, Antonio Gibson, uh, Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Hilaire, Isaiah Pacheco, again, best running back ever, Isaiah Pacheco. A couple other scrubs there. You got Durant as a free agent rookie and Samaji Piran. Uh, after that, receiver, you've got Bateman, who we talked about. Obviously, Jamar Chase, my boy. You got that Burrow Chase stack. Uh, he's got Devonta Smith. He's got uh, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, we mentioned briefly. Uh, Quintez Cephas, Hunter Renfro, Devin Duvernay, we talked about. So, like, 
definitely some depth at receiver. I kind of like that as, uh, you know, got some good top-heavy stuff, but you got some some depth. And then tight end, we've got O.J. Howard, Dawson Knox, and Donald, Donald Parham uh, on his taxi squad. Nobody really of note. I mean, Kylan Granson, I guess you could call Demetri Felton, kind of has some value. But, I mean, looking at this roster top to bottom, I mean, I'm looking at this like with green, jealous, envious eyes. Like, this is one of those rosters I would love to have in Superflex Dynasty. Just so much talent, so much youth. Oh, there, there's really nobody on this team that needs to go. And that's what I love about this team. So, Craig, well done, sir. Well done. This is what we'd like to see. I'm, I'm going to call this the uh, you've listened to our, our podcast and that's why you're so good. kind of thing. But <laughs> I know you're talented on your own, Craig. But anyway, that's the team. Uh, I guess do you want to do you want to start with my trade? Do you want to start with Mitch's? What would you like to do, Rocky? Uh, why don't we get into to Mitch's and then we'll do yours and finish up with me. Perfect. OK, go ahead, Mitch. I'm just going to say, I, I think he just wants to show off his team. I think that's all that this was. He just wants to. We definitely have sometimes. that sometimes with this yeah. segment, yes. Which is completely fair. Um, Perfect reason to do it. I love these because this is what we used to do a long time ago when we very first started the Patreon. We're like, hey, send in your teams. Well, great. We did like an hour-long podcast and broke everything down. And then we had like 20 people do it. And we're like, yeah, we can't do this every month. So we stopped doing <laughs> it. So I love getting back into it. But when I look at this team, this team's going to have an extremely late 23 first. Right. There's no way this team isn't going to compete. So I would be completely okay moving my first because this team only has young players. I mean, the oldest player on it is maybe Brandon Cooks. I mean, and he's completely fine for a few years. So what I want to do is I think the only spot on this team that could be lacking is a backup tight end because you have Dawson Knox. You can't play oj howard you can't play darnold parham so you kind of have dawson knox so what i would do is i would want to i would want to have another tight end that i could flex if needed and so what i did i just went to the team that i thought wasn't going to be very good but had a lot of tight ends and so that's rick butts so i went to him i went to the dlf trade fighter the only i love it the only issue i have with it is it doesn't put that much of a premium on tight end premium leagues Mm -hmm. and In those leagues, sometimes it's extremely hard to get tight ends because of the value on them. So I just went through a couple really quick ones where it was like a 23 first for Goddard. Um, the trade finder says that's an absolute smash. The Goddard guy should accept it. I don't really think that gets accepted, to be honest with you. So I thought it was a little light. So I went something closer to 23 first plus Devontae Smith for Goddard mm. and A-Rob. I mean, you get a little bit older there with A-Rob. But you're getting Goddard. So if anything happens to Knox, you're fine. If anything happens to Goddard, you're fine. The rest of your team is amazing. So you don't need to worry about anything else. Maybe you hate Goddard. So then I just said a 22 first for Komet and A-Rob. You probably have to add something else onto. You have so many good pieces that that shouldn't be an issue. But that's how I want to attack this team. I just want to chime in. I, I I love the 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 trade you came up there. It's funny. I actually came up with – I was thinking of actually throwing them both on the sheet. And then I just – a, I just didn't want to, t- you know, we always go super long anyway, so I didn't want to talk about two trades. And then B, I saw that my trade was actually, your initial trade was actually for Goddard as well. No. Uh, so, <laughs> awesome. uh, so I saw Mitch had already done that. Yeah, so, and I I mean, to me, Goddard, I, I don't love Knox as your starting tight end, period. So I, 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 I to me, Goddard's an upgrade. I like that. And I actually love the the Devontae Smith uh, for A-Rod. I mean, I think, um, 
he I think 23 first for Goddard is pretty even. I think the analyzer is kind of wrong there. But but if you could get this done, I'm fine with that too. I think because I I think you're gonna get so much more production from A Rob than Devontae because of what we talked about earlier. I think Devontae Smith is an excellent wide receiver and is going to be for a while, but I just don't know what that equals fantasy wise. Whereas I think even as the second option in the Rams offense, I think Allen Robinson is gonna outproduce him somewhat significantly this year. I would agree. Yeah. And I'll just tag in here and say, I think that, you know, Goddard is definitely a a terrific uh, trade target in this because I do think between Goddard and Knox, I'd rather have Goddard. I don't mind Knox as my second tight end. I also don't mind paying a late, most likely, like I said, a late 23 first to get a tight end that I think could be a starter every week. And I do think that there is some, you know, obviously we don't know it's going to be late. There's some speculation and all that, yada, yada, yada. I get it, but I'm really going to be confident with my team here and say I'm going all in. Um, so I don't mind making that trade straight up. And I think there are definitely teams out there that would take that just because they're, you know, maybe they're rebuilding or they just don't think Goddard has got longevity or whatever. So I think that's a good starting offer, right? That's where I was like, okay, let me throw this over the wall. Let me send a DM, right? So, you know, go and group me or whatever your chat uh, format is and just say, hey, just thinking about this, what are your thoughts? If I sent my 23 first, could I get Goddard? And just see if the conversation goes that way. And if he's like, oh, hell no, I need more than that. Great. Okay. What about this? What about my first and Smith? Like you said, and kind of wander down the path. I think those are all terrific trades that you can kind of, you know, build some options into your team and give you some depth at the one position you really need it, which is tight end. And one other thing I want to point out before you get into gears, Andrew, especially with this 7.5 yards, uh, yeah. you know, point, point per seven point, I almost view that like as a 2.0 premium because it's already 1.75 and you're getting that. And in that kind of premium, even just the good, t- like we always talk about in regular dynasty tight end, like a 1.5 league that, you know, after those top three, four guys, it doesn't really matter. But it, I I believe in the 2.0 premium leagues or something like this, it does. Even the good tight ends are score a whole bunch of points like they're great flexes. I I have multiple yeah. leagues like that where I'm 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 starting like a Goddard and a Hawk and a uh inerts and 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 you just get a whole bunch of points out of that without having to pay up for you know some wide receiver that that that, that people is younger and it's going to score some points that the people want a lot more for than they want for like dallas goddard so uh, i i think it's almost kind of like a cheat code for some people and in, in, in some 10 and 2.0 at least i think a lot of people don't value that the way they should well, and I think that's a perfect segue into my trade because the the, te- the the one weakness this team has is tight end. <clears throat> I don't think we're even quarterbacks. You got studs, you got Taylor, you got Chase, you got Burrow, you got Herbert. Like you're fine everywhere, but your tight end is Dawson Knox. Like that's your squeaky wheel. That's the one that needs the grease. And so I go looking in the league and I'm like, all right, who's got a, a glut of tight ends? And my God, this team Andy is just dominating at tight ends. He's got Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz. Okay, so he's probably starting all four of those guys every week because, like you just hit it, Rocky, those players are scoring a monster amount of points. However, his quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford, Mac Jones. I don't mind Lamar Jackson and Matt Stafford, but there is some potential there with Mac Jones. Like That's a little weak spot. I'm also looking at his receivers. It's T. Higgins, and that's kind of it. I mean, Alec Pierce could be something, but this guy's still got Henry Ruggs rostered. Like, what are we doing here, man? You got Denzel Mims. You got Sky Moore we were talking about. Michael Gallup. Like, he he needs he needs some help at tight end or a receiver. He's got Auden Tate, who I just traded for myself because I think he's going to land somewhere. But, again, it's like he's a free agent right now. Like, this guy is is definitely heavy at the tight end and looking to get some, some help elsewhere. So, my trade with Andy, which, again, I love the team name, buddy. I'm a fan. I'm an Andy <laughs> myself. 
but my team name was uh, my team. No, my trade was to send Fields, Amari Cooper, Dawson Knox, and a second. Let's throw in a second. If it has to be your late first, I'm okay with that. For Mark Andrews and Mac Jones on this team. And the logic I'm going with here is you need to consolidate a little bit. And I think you need to consolidate at tight end. You need to upgrade from Knox. I think that's going to help your team in the long run. Also, with the way that this other team is set up with some players that he could easily cut, it helps him add some depth, which he probably needs. He's probably He knows he's tight end heavy. He knows that you're going to have to overpay for it. So I'm looking at this like even if it's your late 23 first instead of your second. I mean, DLF had this trade almost exactly even, which, again, tight end premium is rarely captured on there. I agree. DTC has it favoring the field side. They're a little better at tight end premium. But again, this one's such a premium. I kind of feel like that makes sense. So I don't mind overpaying on a calculator to get this kind of trade done. And I don't mind moving from fields to Mac Jones as my third quarterback. Like, I don't mind that if I've got two studs. If one of those guys gets hurt, your season's probably done anyway. You're just looking at bye week fill-ins or one injury week kind of thing. And then Amari Cooper is the only receiver on that team I kind of have question marks about where I'm like, maybe I move Cooper and, and someone else thinks that maybe he has a chance to, you know, have a new life in Cleveland. And maybe this guy's like, well, Cooper's my wide receiver too now. Like that's a starter. And and you could even say Fields could be a starter, depending on how the season goes with Stafford and that elbow. And then you got Knox. He's your wide your tight end four, and that might be a starter too in this league, like we were just saying. So you could be trading three starters for one. And that other team might look at that and saying, well, I'm getting three starters in exchange for Andrews. And Andrews isn't even his best tight end. So I don't know. I just feel like that's the kind of thing I'd try to do. And I might be entirely fine to just say, all right, what's it going to take? You want me to add a first to all of that? Fine. Like, let's go get that done. Cause I think Andrews is what you need to win your title this year. And that's, that's rare that you need one piece, but I would go all in to get that one piece. I, I agree with that, that the Andrews would be huge. And I, I think, I just think you might need to go up a little more from Cooper uh, to get this done or else go down from Andrews and, and maybe Cooper in a second for Waller or something like that. Cause like well, I said, I, mean, I was even thinking like Cooper, really for or something. Like Cooper or for even that might make yeah. sense. Yeah, right? I would just do, that. do a straight up. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of where, again, this guy's got so many tight ends. I would start the conversation with what I want, but be entirely fine to pivot and just say, all right, what's your and, least favorite tight end? You know what I mean? Like, and when you we got so many about, of them. I'll take that one. You know, <laughs> when we talk about these high premium leagues, the catch 22 to me always is you always see one guy that has like four tight ends and it's always, like he has so many, he can afford to lose one. But it's also is that the guy that realizes that. like this yeah. is a 2.0 premium? It's a bully. I, tight I purposely, end yeah, sure. I'm trying yeah. to have my four tight ends, and I don't want to trade one to you. Yep, he's but, fine being weaker receiver because he only has to start two, I think, in this yep. league, right? But yeah, it's, no, it is the three wide receiver. It is three, so, okay, but still, I think he, he only could has to use start three. Wide yeah. Receiver. yeah, I still could use one though. So I think I think at least you could try and get for one of those. You could try this. I just think it's going to be hard to pry Andrews away, and you could. Uh, if you're not, you pivot down then to try and get well, Ertz or Waller. Maybe. I totally agree, too. And I'll mention this. I, I'm looking at this. He's got Lamar Jackson, right? That's a stack. Some players, you know, don't like to that give too, up a yeah. stack. True. So, again, there, there's a couple of pivots here. But I think the, the bones of it is the thought process anyway is, like, go get one of those receivers and don't be afraid to pay too much. You're going to have to. And that guy's going to make you pay too much, as he should. You know, so, like, don't be afraid to lose value on a calculator. I just built these because I felt like it made sense with the pieces. He's still getting Knox back. Knox is not nothing. He's still a tight end That's one true. in most situations. And so he he's getting Knox, he's starting, getting Fields, yeah, which is better than, than Jones. Like, this is a pretty solid trade. And again, if you switch the second to a first or even just add your first entirely, the guy might say yes. 
and maybe you get it, you know, add a piece back like uh, Sky Moore or something like that for your 23 first. You know, maybe there's a way you can make this work. So, Craig, I'm hoping that there is something in here that you can find because, God, I just love your team and yeah. getting Andrews would make it or even Waller would make it so much stronger. I oh, I would love it. For you. <laughs> and so I agree with what both of you did. I And like I said, I originally uh, kind of looked at the tight end thing and, and I just wanted to mention here because this kind of occurred to me when I was I ended up did doing my ended up finding my trade was you know we kind of do the whole point of this segment is sort of you know it's fun to to find specific trades for specific teams but it's we also are hoping to help people kind of on a macro level in terms of you know gets us a chance to talk about value and also kind of process and that was kind of what i was thinking earlier is that you know obviously the uh, the the way the way you want to go here is his tight end spots weak i think i mean Knox is okay, but it's easily the weakest spot on this team. So one way to go is to target the weakest position. And since you guys did that, I kind of went another way and I decided to look, I looked only one team, you know, he's trying to compete. He's trying to win a title. So I was trying to find the rebuild. Only one team has two first, which is Sully. So that's who I ended up targeting and trying to, he, he, it's not clear he's definitely rebuilding because he has multiple old pieces, but he does have a couple rookie wide receivers. Uh, I, I had his team up and I lost it, but yeah, he has, uh, I think a lave. He's got a lave and Jameson Williams. Yeah, Jameson who's obviously Williams. injured and he doesn't he's got have Malik Willis on his taxi. Yeah. So he's got Calvin teams, Ridley. Yeah. yeah this, is, seems, this is a rebuild squad. He seems to be yep. starting a rebuild, but he's still got some of those old pieces on his team, which is perfect for a guy like Craig to, to try and pry from him. So he's got no running uh, backs other than James cook and Isaiah. He's got one quarterback too. Yeah. Uh, and so it seems like a guy that's not trying to win this year. And like I said, I saw that he was the only guy that had two firsts in the whole league. So, uh, so kind of like a process thing. Let me, let me target the rebuilding team and see what pieces I can pluck off there. Uh, not that he necessarily uh, needs either of these guys to, to win per se, but I definitely think it's an upgrade for him. Uh, what I did was I did trade Rashad Bateman, who, who I know Mitch loves from the earlier segment, but Rashad Bateman and Justin Fields to Sully for Stefan Diggs and Brady. Uh, as we talked about, Fields is kind of superfluous on Craig's team. He's not ever going to start unless there's an injury or something like that. And uh, to me, there's like I, I mentioned earlier, I think Diggs is going to go back to kind of what we saw in 2020 this year. So I think there's a major gap. Even if Bateman does step up this year, I still think there's a major gap in production from Bateman to Diggs. Uh, so that helps him there. He doesn't really need – you know, he doesn't really need a great third quarterback, which he's maybe getting in Brady. Although I, I know I listened to Mitch on Dynasty Theory today, who has his doubts about Brady, so he might not like this trade. But uh, <laughs> but assuming we see something similar to last year's Brady, he, he might he probably has the best QB room in the league with that. And I kind of like the optionality it gives him. You could you could maybe flip Brady for another contending piece. Uh, yep. you, 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 and just go with two quarterbacks. Like I said, other than bye weeks, you're not unless one of them gets hurt, uh, you know, which you hope doesn't happen. You're not ever going to start another guy. Or you could uh, maybe uh, trade down from one of the other two guys if you really wanted to. Maybe go from Burrow to Dak or Hertz or something, and then you can start Brady and or you know flip between Brady and that other guy and and pick up some pieces. Or you could even flip Brady maybe in season for 23 first if you want to go that route so it gives you a lot of different options another option I want to jump in here because you could even like there's a player that has Josh Allen and his other quarterback is Zach Wilson I mean you could send like Brady and Herbert for Allen I might be fine with that on this kind of team 
you know, go get Allen and Burrow as your two quarterbacks. Like, that. so that's where it gives you, like, you just put it perfectly. It gives you other pieces that you can move to other teams that might need that. And again, I, the way that your team and, is set up here, Craig, paying overpaying is not a problem. You've got and when value I, to spare. When I put Brady in there, it's mainly just because, uh, you know, Bateman and Fields was way too much for Diggs. So I, I needed to, to kind of value it out. And the, But once I saw the Brady, P, and I'm like, this is a guy who doesn't yeah. need Brady, it just made so, like I said, I started thinking about the different things you could do with Brady, even though you're going to be starting Herbert and Burrow all the time, probably anyway. But Mitch, why don't you finish this off here? I was just going to say, uh, the one thing that I really like <laughs> about that is you're attacking that rebuilding team. I would say throw in Julio Jones. I don't want Julio Jones on this team, but... Sully doesn't want him, if yeah. especially because like yep. he's like a free Julio Jones, stack, right? <laughs> so you get a free Julio Jones, and maybe you can move him at some point for a backup running back that you really need or something. So no, I really like how you attack that. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me that that'll finish us up for this week. Uh, I want to thank Mitch for coming on. This has been a great time as usual. We 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 do in our standard ninety minutes, but <laughs> but uh, it flew by. So Mitch, I just want to thank you again for coming on and uh, give you a chance to you know give your Twitter handle, tell everybody what you do, where they can find you, all that stuff. Of course, of course, it's at DinoMC on Twitter, but I'm very very rarely on Twitter now. If you want to <laughs> hit me up on there please join our dynasty theory discord. It's just a community we've tried to make that can talk dynasty fantasy football and redraft and everything else without there being the arguments that happen every single time about it. You actually have civil conversations, which is kind of nice. And then I'm on the dynasty theory podcast. That you could listen to every Tuesday night and yeah, thank you so much for letting me come on. It's, it's always a blast jumping on here. So I really do appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, so uh, that'll finish us up this week. I want to thank everyone that was in the chat. Craig, who submitted the Find Me a Trade, was also in the chat here tonight, which was very cool to see. Uh, Gator, who gave us the question. Uh, a few other people as well. Uh, Craig Craig said, thank you, fellas, in the chat. So all good stuff. Uh, Andrew, why don't you take us out? Man, I tell you what, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. Hit us up on the DAP Network. Uh, again, love having you on, Mitch. It was great getting to meet you and getting to talk to you on this. But with that, Junkies out! <laughs>